Hello, and welcome to ADHD Essentials, part of the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brendan Mahan. I'm a former teacher and mental health clinician turned ADHD coach, trainer, and consultant. I can be reached at brendan at adhdessentials.com. Here at ADHD Essentials, we help families develop the skills and knowledge needed to better manage attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Visit ADHDessentials.com for more details. Welcome to episode number two. Today, we are talking to Sam Gardner. She's a frequent flyer at my workshops, and her middle school daughter, unsurprisingly, has ADHD. We'll be discussing why you might not be a helicopter parent, how having a kid with ADHD makes you grow as a parent, and the importance of having an outside perspective to help you see the growth in your child. All right, let's get rolling. Mostly my daughter is the main focus of the family. In terms of ADHD or your daughter is the main focus of the family because of the ADHD? Because of the ADHD. So what does that look like? Well, um, when she was little, it was um, she was always running ahead and very impulsive. So I always used to joke when she was three and say, she's pre-ADHD. So then I started bringing it up with the pediatrician. And um, finally, in second grade, we started doing a little more work. Then finally, in third grade, uh, we put her on medication. What sorts of behaviors were you seeing that were, were causing concern? I would constantly keep in touch with the teachers. She wasn't really disruptive in class, but I noticed a lot of distractibility in class. She wasn't following instructions very well. She had to be redirected. Homework was difficult. Getting her to do things was difficult. Um, but mostly just it started off with school. I think when you're at home, you deal with it all the time. So you kind of like, oh, it's just my kid, you know. But when they go to school, it starts becoming a little more evident just because of grades and you have parent teacher conferences and things come up in the conference. Um, I pretty much stayed on top of it. I'm not necessarily a helicopter mom, but you know. I'm a mom who knows how my kid is, so therefore I keep on top of it. Well, and that term helicopter parent or helicopter mom, it's used to kind of make people feel bad, right? Like you're not supposed to be a helicopter parent. Yeah. That's bad. But when you've got a kid with special needs, whether it's ADHD or anything else, you have to be yes, more involved. Definitely. So that doesn't make you a helicopter parent in any way. It makes you a kid, a parent of a kid with ADHD right. is what it does. But see, now that she's in middle school, it's that much more difficult because they want them to be more independent and they're quite frankly not capable of being independent. And that's the developmental side of ADHD, right? right? She's just younger. Her brain is not right. mature as much. And the teachers much. are like, oh, we have another email from the parent again. Do you know what I mean? Like she's <laughs> I do. emailing yep. me again. You kind of have to get over it. So when we have meetings, I give them chocolate. <laughs> That's a good idea. <laughs> like if I'm going to cause you all this trouble, I can at least give you chocolate and classroom supplies. Oh, absolutely. Why are you sending more emails? What's, what's the origin of that? Through the years, I've learned how to study with my child and um, how to nail down homework. 
Uh, this year's been a little more difficult because I think she has some of the oppositional defiant disorder also. And quite frankly, mom hasn't learned how to handle this as well. You know, so it's not only her, it's me also. But this year I've noticed a more of a distance. I don't want you to help me and you know, you don't need to email the teacher about that. I know that. But through the years, it's been, um, she can't remember her homework. She's having trouble with reading comprehension. She's having trouble with math problems. Okay, math took us an hour and a half tonight. Just wanted to let you know. Or um, she forgot her ELA homework. It wasn't listed in Schoology. It wasn't listed in her homework planner. Um, she meets with the adjustment counselor, but this year she's become more resistant to tools that help her. And she finally said that it felt like it made her feel different. So my emails are mostly like, this is what's going on. I want to let you know. So you're trying to facilitate communication because you're not sure she can. Right. And she can't, she won't ask for help for the past three, four years. She will not ask for help. So have you tried... And this is me sort of putting on my coach hat for a minute. Yeah. Now that she is in middle school, right? What, what grade is she in again? She's in sixth grade. Sixth grade. So have you tried letting her do it her way for a week? Um, we've been working on that. We used to do homework at the kitchen table. Now she likes to lay down on the floor. Mm -hmm. So there's a room in the back. She'll lay down on the floor with her iPad and do her work. I just basically say, okay, I see what you have in Schoology. What do you want to tackle first? I'm going to check in with you. And I just let her go. Mm -hmm. But I will like sneak in and see if she's doing YouTube videos or something. <laughs> yep. Because the iPad has been really difficult. So I'm trying to let her do it more her way, but I'm still trying to say, okay, show me your homework planner. Let me see what you have. This is what we have today. You've got to try to get this done so we can go here. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I am really trying to let her have a little free reign. That's good because that's what needs to happen. But again, ADHD being developmental, in some ways she's still in fifth grade, fourth grade. Yes. I, I get one of the things I would recommend and kind of keeping my my coach hat on for yes. a moment is letting her try to do it her way, right? Uh huh. But with guidance, which is what it sounds like you're doing. Uh huh. And be very deliberate about why you ask her to do the things that you ask her to do. Okay. So the reason I ask you to show me your agenda is not because I don't trust you. It's because I want you to look in your agenda and see what's in there so that, so that you know you're doing the right assignments. Right. And I've noticed that left to your own devices, you tend not to look in your agenda. But when I ask to see it, now there's an extra layer of accountability, and now you're looking at your agenda. Okay. If I see you looking in your agenda on your own, I'm going to be less likely to ask to see it. Right. Okay. And that will help with some of this you feeling like I don't trust you part. Because it's not that I don't trust you. It's that we both understand that you don't always remember everything perfectly. And I want to help you use the tools that you need to use. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Because you said in one of your seminars, let them have a little bit of control mm -hmm. over their situation. I do that to a point, but I think as most parents do, when you've struggled with this for so long, you have your own habits you have to break. Right. You know, and, and you know, you've made it quite clear and there's still things I have to learn. A big part of the ADHD 
it's not always the child's behavior, it's the parent's behavior. Absolutely. That's what I'm learning. And that's for me too, right? Like my wife and I were talking last night about our kids and because they're having their own struggles in school. They're in third grade now. And apparently the requirements for third grade are significantly more challenging than the requirements for second grade. So my guys are struggling. And my wife was pointing out to me that because I'm steeped in school cultures and, and education and mental health and all that stuff, I know how to navigate this stuff pretty effectively. Uh-huh. And so I've been over navigating for them. So now they kind of have the view of like, well, dad can just figure it out. Right. And it'll be fine. But that means I'm solving their problems for them, which is not a plan that doesn't right. work. So I've, I have to work on comforting and helping them sort of get their emotions in check, but also not fixing everything exactly. and helping. Yeah. And also helping them to understand that that's what I'm doing. Right. Because that, that was a thing I could do in the earlier grades because I really had to. Right. But now they're getting old enough that they can do some of it. And, and it's difficult, isn't it? It's, it's hard to break that, that habit. It absolutely is. Yeah, I agree yeah. with you. But in middle school, they have the attitude. So that makes it a lot easier. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best. What um, outside of school, like let's kind of branch, branch out okay. of school. Where, what are some other ways that ADHD has affected your family besides the homework battles and, and emailing teachers? Well, when she was little, um, we really couldn't go anyplace. And if we did go someplace, she was on a leash. We were the leash people. You know, Mm -hmm. she had a cute little monkey backpack with a leash because she would just go. The world is out there. I'm going. And she wouldn't stop. Wow. And And you couldn't do that hide, like go to the department store and hide and let them get scared. Oh, no. She was never that kid. She just didn't get scared? Never got scared. Ever. She even got lost in Target one time where I had to call the Target people at Christmas one time. This is when she's a little bit older. She told me that she went outside to the car and came back in. Wow. <laughs> and how old was she when this happened? Um, this was like three years ago. Okay. So third grade. Yeah. She just was, she just, we'd been to Target enough. She knew Target. And she knew where everything was, and I was on one aisle, and next thing I know, okay, <laughs> where are you? Very impulsive, couldn't wait in line for things, like bouncy houses when she was little. Older, just that compulsive, like, oh, I want this, why can't I have this? Let's buy something, or why can't I go roller skating? You're on restriction. Well, I don't understand that. The, you know, those type of typical kind of things. So on restriction is, does that mean sort of she's grounded from roller skating? Yeah. That's just your term I'm, for it. I'm, I'm like mother of the year. I have to stab her where it hurts. So, <laughs> so I have the circle now. Disney, the circle, I'm not plugging them. They cuts all wireless devices off at the touch of a button. Wait, what is this? I haven't heard of this. It's called Disney the Circle. It's so easy to use. It doesn't connect into your wireless router. I think the wireless goes through the box and the box monitors any wireless device on your router. So you can set up the profile. It it goes on your phone and you can set up profiles. Like each child has a profile. Mm Mm-hmm. So I can take her school iPad, her personal iPad, her Kindle, and if it's on the internet, I can shut it off with a touch of the finger because she's addicted to electronics. She gets that immediate dopamine fix from the electronics. 
So I have to threaten her with electronics and roller skating because she loves to roller skate. That's awesome, though, that circle thing. That's great. And it Disney's The Circle? That's what it's called? Yep. Yep. Just Google Disney The Circle and you'll find it. That's great. It's amazing. Yeah. Now, it doesn't stop games that aren't on the internet, but it will stop the internet. I, I'm sure all kinds of listeners right now are going, what? <laughs> and there's going to be a run on Disney's The Circle. Because YouTube... I, I, yep. she's like, I want to be a YouTuber or, but she's very socially, we just caught her. My husband finally downloaded Minecraft onto one of our computers mm -hmm. and he checked it and she had been online chatting to somebody or inviting people to her servers. So I personally do a big lockdown on online things because she'll go, oh, hey, sure what's your name again? Oh, my name is so-and-so. I live in. Yeah. And that's dangerous. That's dangerous. And she just, that compulsiveness, that ability not to stop and think while she's playing the game. And that lack of fear that we've already talked about. Lack of fear. Yeah. And so that kind of brings up like husband, wife, like I'm more on the strict side and my husband's more on the lenient side. Mm -hmm. So we have to sort of try to work together on that yeah i know that dynamic yeah that's the dynamic my wife and i have i'm much more on the lenient side and she's more on the strict side yeah we find the middle pretty well but it's sometimes it can be hard yes yeah so we're working much better on that and these little i say okay see what happened mm -hmm. <laughs> this is an example of why we have to control this my guys are youtube kids too right they like to watch minecraft videos on youtube which is weird to me right <laughs> But one of the things that concerns me is that there's people out there who make those videos targeting kids for all kinds of reasons. Some of it is nefarious in terms of trying to kidnap people and all that kind of stuff. And others of it is they're trying to push an ideology that I don't want my kids exposed to because it's not a healthy ideology. Uh -huh. So I have to preview at least the channel. I have to at least see what this video guy is all about. What's the host trying to do? Is he being terrible or is he okay? Because there's stuff they're not going to get. Right. They're not going to understand it anyway. Yeah. That's such a challenge to try to navigate that. What we've started doing in our houses, or not starting, what's been going on for a while, is they're limited. They can only use their iPads on the weekends. So Friday night, Saturday, and Sunday earlier in the day. And, and screens end at 6 o'clock anyway, so they can't, right. even if they wanted to. And um, we've been having challenges with them going to sleep. Yeah. If they're awake, they're awake. But our concern is that they're getting up and walking around and making noise and being silly because they share a bedroom. So one of the, an element we've added to that recently is that you can, they can earn five minutes of iPad time that exists outside of the weekend. Uh-huh. So they can like play the iPad on Monday or whatever. Right. For every night that they go to sleep without too much drama. Like oh, there by, you go. Yeah. Pretty much if you just go to sleep and if you've been in bed for 20 minutes and you come into my room and tell me that you are having trouble sleeping, that's different. But if you've been in bed for two minutes and you come into my room and tell me you're having trouble sleeping, you're you're not earning your five minutes. Once they earn a half an hour, they can cash it in. I did that when Megan was in um, grade school, but now that she's in middle school and everything's on the school iPad, it's much more difficult. Those iPads, as much as they're great and they add a lot to education, like the teacher side of me is like, that's amazing. What a wonderful tool. But the coach side of me who has seen them, mm -hmm. 
they're hard. Yeah. One of the biggest challenges that I had to work through with kids that I was working with as a coach is they would have an assignment, like a project they had to do or yes. a paper they had to write. And they would have all of the descriptors, all of the assignment explanation stuff on the iPad. And then they're also trying to read whatever textbook they have on the iPad. And they're trying to record their information on the iPad. Exactly. And it's kind of like trying to keep everything in a nice, neat pile, like stacked up in one pile. And you're shifting from one layer of the pile to the next layer to try to get all the information you need. Mm -hmm. So I would always have them print out the rubrics and the scoring gu guides and the assignment sheets. Yeah, some of the stuff we, we print out. But like you said, it's just, it's a whole nother, it's just a difficult dynamic with the electronics of the ADHD. It really yep. is. Because it's right there. Because it's right there. You get that, they get that boost right there. Yeah, and, and not just that, but it's, I could go to Schoology, but I could also go to Minecraft. Right, exactly. And it, there's no barrier of entry and you can't really tell what they're doing. Right. Cause they're, they're sneaky. And you're looking at the back of the screen. They're looking at the front of the screen. You don't know what's on the screen and you're hoping for the best. And then you have, yeah. uh, cause if you go around and check now that trust stuff comes back in. Right. And she's in middle school. Yeah. And you want to show her that you trust her, but you also can't always trust her. Not because she's being bad, but because that's just the nature of her brain. So now that we've looked at some challenges, right? Some, some of the hard stuff that ADHD brings with it. What is it adding to your family? Um, we have to do a little more to keep her entertained. So we need to, my husband and I are from the South and we're kind of lazy. So we have to go out more and do things and explore more. But we do have to plan a little bit more to keep her occupied. She's very outgoing. She meets people all over the place. She also helps people. She's currently been in karate several years, and now she's the place we go. She's an assistant instructor. Oh, wow. So she's really good at that. Half my neighborhood is in karate where we go. So <laughs> the little kids, the first and the kindergarten first graders, they love it when she's there teaching the class because it puts a friend in a different role, so to speak. She loves to roller skate. She's not a team sport kind of person. We tried basketball and soccer and that just doesn't really work for her that well. <laughs> she tried volleyball. She loves volleyball. She sucks at it, but she loves it. <laughs> <laughs> so she skis and she roller skates and she was at the roller skating ring and um, my husband, like I'll do laundry or clean the house and he'll, take her roller skating especially like if it's raining or yucky and uh she couldn't find any friends her age so she was actually helping little kids at the roller skating ring like teaching the roller skate sort of yeah yeah and like if they fall down she'd help them get up and you know help them a little bit and that's awesome yeah even though you think they're self-centered little jerks <laughs> They really do have empathy for others. <laughs> They're just self-centered little jerks at home, you feel like. Some of people that we've we've hung out with, they like for Megan to go along because they they push their children out of their comfort zone. Like, oh yeah, let's do this. It sounds like she brings adventure with her. Yes. So what are some adventures that that she sort of brought you guys on? What are some of the things that she's encouraged you to do? Well, we try to go to fairs and 
local things. Like we've never really been to the Spirit of Shrewsbury parade. This year she wanted to march in the parade. So we had to get her there, let her march in the parade, watch the parade. <laughs> That's get cool. Her, you know, so those kind of things. That's great. Yeah. And it sounds like she's connecting you to the town a little more than you might otherwise be. Yes. Between going and finding the kids in the in the neighborhood and yeah. tying in through through martial arts with the youngest kids and bringing you to the parade. That's awesome. That's great. Yeah. What are you learning about your family as a result of having ADHD in the family? How's that journey gone? It's been a long, hard one. I have a group of friends, well, a couple of friends that have um, ADHD kids and we get together and have rap sessions. <laughs> My kid's driving me crazy. Is your kid driving you crazy? So it's kind of nice to release because it's, it's difficult. People who have normal kids don't realize how difficult it is. I'm not saying she's not normal, but so my kid wanted to be in the play this year. So a lot of her friends, and I think she just, not only just her friends, I think it's something she wanted to try to do. So the play is one to two hour rehearsal, three days a week. Do you know what two hours does in regards to our homework day and our trying to do activities and trying to get homework done before activities because her brain doesn't work after 630. Yep. And you know, and I tried to use this as a teaching tool about, okay, you have to do time management. You know, you have to think about this. You're going to be gone for two hours. You can't really go outside and play because you still have homework to do and we still have to eat dinner and you've got to go to karate and and then there's just days when, okay, clean the table up, clean the table up, clean the table up, clean the table up, you know, or everything will be going fine. And the next thing you know, there's a fight. So she's helping you find your boundaries where it's sort of where your frustration lives. And like you say, arguing equals dopamine. And she knows how to push my buttons and argue. It's like I said, it's the adults have to learn. So my husband and I have to learn how to cope and deal. It's hard to do. And sometimes I, I learned about the emotional curve. So when I, I go to my emotional curve, it's harder for me to use validation and strategies because I'm already at my emotional curve and now I'm screaming. Like, like something as simple as putting sunscreen on. Put the sunscreen on before we go. We had a beach trip planned. <laughs> Literally, I had everything ready to go. We talked about using sunscreen because she got burned at the beach not too long ago. Okay, we're going to get up. We're going to get sunscreen on, bathing suit on, and then go. She's ready to go. I want to put my bathing suit on and get ready to go. Remember, we talked about this. You have to put your sunscreen on. I have to get the spots that are going to get burnt underneath your sunscreen, you know, underneath your bathing suit. Yeah, yeah. So then it's like World War Three, over sunscreen. Wow. Yeah. I think she's ready to go. She's excited to go. That's going to slow her down. No, we have yep. 45 minutes before we have to leave. You have to put your sunscreen on. <laughs> I'm wondering if you've got 45 minutes before you have to leave anyway. Does the sunscreen have to go on right then? Uh, yeah, because we had like an hour drive. Okay. And like I said, she had gotten burned at the beach before, mm -hmm. two weeks before, because we applied the sunscreen at the beach and then she went in the water and it didn't work. I guess I'm wondering if you could just wait 15 minutes 
You know, like if you could say to her sometime in the next 15 minutes, you got to put your sunscreen on. So I'm just going to set a timer for 15 minutes. And if you put it on in the next 15 minutes, I'm not going to bug you. But when the timer goes off, I'm going to bug you again, just to diffuse some of the tension that it was causing. And see those little diffusers, I think is what I'm missing. So it makes it hard because my husband's like, like, okay, really? Do we really need to put the sunscreen on? I'm like, yes, you don't understand. We need to put the sunscreen on. <laughs> Sometimes it makes the family dynamic interesting. Could you hand some of those things off to your husband? I sometimes I do. Um, I've been I've been a lot better at that. Like most of the school and the planning stuff I handle, but then there's things I'm like, okay, you're gonna have to deal with this. And he will usually get it done, but it's way different than I would have done it. But it still gets done. I was born, you know, I was brought up in the South. You tell somebody to do something, they better do it. Mm -hmm. So it's also a cultural thing too. That makes sense. So yeah, so the family dynamic, sometimes things work well, and then sometimes you just have those days when everybody's in tears. <laughs> that's ADHD in the family. That's how it goes. Yes, it is. And that's what, honestly, that's one of the reasons why I make it a point to say, what does ADHD bring that's good? Like, what does it add that's fun? Because yeah. it yeah. can. it's easy to sit here and be like, this is all the stuff that drives me nuts about ADHD and how it makes everything right. hard. And to completely forget that it brings adventure to your life and it brings humor to your life and it brings all this other stuff that might not otherwise be there. Those surprise impulsive moments that not every family gets to have. Exactly. They don't have a kid that's like, I'm just going to throw on roller skates and go down the street now and I'm going to find something and you're going to come with me because you have to. Right. Sort of another thing that can often get missed is self-care. What do you do to take care of yourself to help you diffuse your own frustration? You know, sometimes I just remove myself from the situation. I go, I have a walk. Um, my thing is I love when everybody goes to bed. My daughter's asleep in bed. Hopefully my husband's in bed asleep. Um, I like to just sit on the couch and just watch whatever TV show I want to watch. Everything's quiet in the house. The dishes are done. It's, it's you don't have to say brush your teeth, go to bed. Is everything in your backpack? You know, have you got your clothes out for tomorrow? Have you checked the lunch menu? And it's just quiet. And I can just sit and just watch mindless TV for a little bit. You know, you make that sound so peaceful. It's just like oh, TV. And, and that's my everything's done. I can sit down now kind of moment. When she's playing outside, we have a lovely cul-de-sac full of little kids, not too many kids her age. The moms and I will walk around the block, you know, we'll take a walk or the moms and I will stand outside and chat. Do you know what I mean? So we get social interaction. I think for me, it's um, social interaction and being able to vent to some of my friends and having my friends vent to me. I have one friend that's like, you're my therapist. You calm me down. You take me, you know, you bring me off the edge, you know, because <laughs> it's easier to be an armchair quarterback than it is to be the quarterback in your own house. Whereas when you're the parent, it's hard to see that because you're in the moment and you're, she's on the internet again. She stole her iPad. It was on restriction and she stole it. And now she's on the internet and I'm going to kill her, you know? So it's, it's easier to kind of help other people. And I also am like, oh, my kid is driving me crazy. And they'll be like, okay, calm down. Remember, you know, she's impulsive. 
<laughs> you know, yep. take a breath, breathe. So we have that kind of going on. You've mentioned that sort of your, your group of ADHD parents that you have. Is that an informal thing? Is it, is it like, do you meet every Tuesday? What does that look like? No, we're just friends, just friends. Who by coincidence all have ADHD kids. Yes. That's great that you managed to luck into each other and, and, and have that support. Yeah. Because that, that's so important to, to managing a, having a kid with ADHD is to have that, that social support. And there's also like when we, um, like I say, I go to Verlari's karate class. It's not that super duper strict Taekwondo kind of class. It's, the kids really learn the lessons, but they're not so strict and they always end with a game. So it's fun. And I've made some really good connections there. Um, there's a lady there who has a daughter's with a daughter with Asperger's. There's another lady there who has a kid with ADHD. So we also kind of talk at karate about, hey, what's going on at school while we're sitting there waiting. So I've been very fortunate to run into people like that. It sounds it. You've got a pretty solid group of parents who are going to understand what you're going through because they're going through similar similar challenges and similar life. Do you get time with your husband? Is that a something you're able to fit? Not a Because that's hard. That's hard to do. Yeah, it's really hard. And um, like a night on the town for us is like renting a Redbox movie. <laughs> you know, um, I married an older man and we're not that exciting, you know? But yeah, so... Um, as long as you're at your level of excitement, that's all that matters. Yeah, and we've been, we've been together a really long time. So, you know, we're coming on like 28, 29 years. Wow, congratulations. That's awesome. Yeah, it's harder to kind of get that time. Like I say, on the weekends, if there's a good movie that comes out, something like that, we'll be like, oh, okay, yeah. And can you trust her to be home by herself? Like, could the two of you go out to dinner? No, no not no, yet. No, not yet. You say, don't answer the door, don't answer the phone. She's like right there. I think it's coming. Like I've seen um, the karate instructor was telling me, she's like, I remember when she first started coming to class, versus how she is now. And I see a difference. Was he able to articulate what that difference is? A little bit more maturity. Mm -hmm. And especially with her teaching, like mother of the year, I'm more of a realist than I am anything else. It's like, oh crap, she's at the play. Oh man, how are we going to manage our time? How are we going to manage our life? So they were like, oh, we'd like for her to be an assistant instructor. I'm like, really? Are you sure? My kid? Do you know my kid? <laughs> Mother of the year. But yeah, you are because you're doing it right. She's making the, the growth. So that means you are mother of the year. Yeah, but it's, it's being realistic. I had a friend say, you're just being realistic because you know difficulties involved. So she really took to being an instructor. She takes it very seriously. There's a couple of times she's messed around, you know, but the instructors were like, it will help her review her material. It will help her be more responsible. It's kind of a big deal to help teach other children. And we think she can do it. That's great. It's not that we revolve our life around our child, but it's how can we get her to be a sustainable, productive, independent little human being, mm -hmm. you know? So your days is like, okay, got to get off the bus. We got to get this done. We got to get this done, which she's much better about. You know, I will say 
she knows the routines. If you set up the routines and you set up the habits, they do stick. Mm-hmm. She knows every night we check the weather, we get the clothes out. So it's getting home. Okay, what do you have for homework? Here's your snack. This is what we have to do today. But it's go, 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 go until they go to sleep. You're kind of involved in your moment, just kind of keeping them alive and keeping them functioning. Pointed in the right direction. Right. And it takes a lot of time to do that. And I think just as a parent, that's your responsibility. Now, you mentioned the growth that, um, that her karate instructors have seen in her. I don't think I'd be doing it right if I didn't point out the growth that I've seen in you. We haven't mentioned this. Mm-hmm. And you've been coming to my workshops for four years now, I guess, yeah. something like that. <laughs> um, and when you first came, that first one, you were very nervous and very overwhelmed and very frazzled. And yeah. you're not there anymore. You're a lot more calm. You're a lot more collected. Yeah. Um, you know your kid. You know what you're doing. So I want to make sure that you know that and that you hear that. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. No, it's important that you get to recognize that because you really have come a, a really long way in accepting where your kid is and, and, and managing that relationship yeah. with her. Like I said, it's a lot of it is is the parent component. And, you know, in every seminar, you always bring up something new that I'm like, oh, yeah, like, oh, I didn't think about that kind of thing. So that's why I like to keep going because it keeps me refreshed. And like I say, it helps remind me. She can't help it. She's not doing it on purpose. Calm yourself down. Evaluate the situation. Try to use your tools. Yeah. So I'm getting better at it. I'm getting better at it. Soon you'll be able to do it. You won't even need me anymore. You'll be the one up in front of everybody explaining it. And I pass that knowledge along to my friends. Okay. Like in the seminar, this is what I learned. Try this or think about this. It helps. I'm glad. That's, I mean, that's the whole purpose behind them is to, to help parents get, get some new ideas and share a little hope. I have a friend. She just... She hasn't made peace with it yet. And she's still in that severely frazzled state. And, um, and some of it is her personality. Um, so I have to constantly keep reminding her, you know, look, they just can't help it. They just can't. And medication is not a cure. It's not a cure. It's a tool. It's a tool, but it, it doesn't fix things. I agree. And I don't know if parents realize that or not. Like, oh, he's taking his pill. He should be better. No, it's not how it works. Yeah, the medication makes it easier to teach the skills that the kid needs. Yes. That's really the, the best way to use medication. But it doesn't fix everything. I wish it did. But at least, you know, she can focus in class. And a lot of people have a hard time with that. Like, I probably should have had Megan on medication in second grade. The teachers just don't come right out and say, you know, you should really think about this. Yeah, because they can't. It's not ethical. Right. Um, so it took me until third grade until actually a parent-teacher interaction. And we were talking about reading comprehension. And Megan just happened to be there after school. And she came in and all three of us started started this conversation and then the light bulb went on. I know what I need to do now. I have to go and get medication. And I think my pediatrician, I'm very fortunate I have the pediatrician I do. I think she's just, she's heard me talk about this since Megan was like three. And she just sits there very nicely 
every year she's like, I'm waiting for you to ask for it. I'm waiting for you to ask for it. I'm waiting for you to ask for it. And finally she's like, okay, you finally asked for it. Okay. Let me write the prescription. (laughs) (laughs) It's a difficult decision, but you'll know. And it's one of the best things you can do. I resisted for a Mm -hmm. long time and it was what my child needed. See, that struggle for parents is interesting to me because if your kid has acid reflux, you're not going to bat an eye. Right. If your kid has headaches, migraines, you're not going to bat an eye. Or asthma or allergy. Right. No one even thinks a minute about it. But when it comes to ADHD meds, because there's all of this morality wrapped up in ADHD... That shouldn't be there because it doesn't belong. Yeah. And, and it's it's hard as a parent to get to that point. And some, I know a parent that refused. Oh, I'm going to give him berries and herbs and granola. But it's, I think you just struggle with it. You know, and there was a really good example. Megan was in soccer. I think it was her second soccer. She might've been in second grade. There's a mother at picture day. She has her children sitting against the wall like little military soldiers. And my child is dancing and just being crazy. And then there's a whole nother group of crazy kids because my kid goes to where the crazy kids are. And this mother goes, my children would never act like fools in public. And I'm like, lady, you just don't get it. Yes, I'm glad that your kids can sit against the wall and be quiet and be still like little toy soldiers, but that's not my kid. And she's never going to be that kid. And at the same time, like I hear that story and I'm like, yeah, but they're not supposed to sit against the wall. Like kids are supposed to act like fools in public. They're kids. That's that's what they're supposed to do. And yeah, as they mature, they should be able to sit against the wall for a longer period of time and they should be less silly and all that stuff. But you don't want to take that away from them, particularly because the most direct route to take that silliness away is through fear. Yeah. And I I don't really want my kids to be afraid of me. Yeah. I want them, I mean, when it's necessary, when they have to behave, I want them to be able to behave, but it's a soccer game. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah. I call it a healthy dose of fear. You need it when you need it. Right. Yeah. But not all the time. So once again, it's... It's the parent part mm-hmm. of that situation. And I think that's what I've learned a lot from your seminars is what you can do as a parent and how you can handle it as a parent because your child is a child and they can't help it and they can't handle it. So much of helping a kid with ADHD is helping the parents understand yes. wh- how to do it and what's going on and why their kid is doing the things they're doing. Right. Because once that becomes clear, things get easier yeah, for the parent because you start to go, oh, all right. Like my kid is craving excitement and novelty and cleaning the room is boring and I can't get her to clean the room. Yes. But if I can make cleaning the room exciting or novel or both, right. I can get some of the room cleaned. Maybe not all of it, but I can get half of it done right. and then we can do the other half tomorrow. So before we wrap up, I want to ask if there's any essentials of ADHD that you think we haven't touched upon that you would like to bring up reinforcement. Like some kids need the hug. Some kids need the attaboy. Your partner may need that also. Mm-hmm. They really do need that attaboy that you're doing a good job. I'm proud of you. That's taken me a long time to do. Mm-hmm. 
because it was, I told you to do this, you should do it. It's been a really big learning process for me to understand it. And then like, but the last one just kind of really clicked that these kids need that extra love and support. Mm -hmm. It's not being bad. They just, they need that extra layer of security and support and encouragement. Yeah. You want to, you want to bring them towards the place you want them to be as opposed to chasing them away from where you don't want them to be. Exactly. And that, and that's hard. That's really hard. And it's taken me, honestly, I'm still working on that. That's something that I do with my kids too. And, and I'm not going to pretend I do it all the time because I don't, because some days I don't remember. And some days I can't think of anything to mention because my brain is fried or whatever. Yeah. But one of the most valuable things that I find from doing that is when I am congratulating them, when I'm telling them that I'm proud of them, I make sure that I have something specific to say. And what that does is it, one, it helps me understand my kid a little better. Two, it helps me really embody that, like really feel that pride because I'm like, this is what I'm proud of. And by being specific, they know I'm not just saying it because I've got an example. Right. So that, that's a great, that's a great essential. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Hey, you're still here. Nice. Thanks for staying focused all the way through. If you have any thoughts or questions about today's episode, feel free to email me at brendan at ADHDessentials.com. And don't forget to check out the website, ADHDessentials.com. and visit our Facebook community. I'm looking forward to talking to you again next week. In the meantime, keep focusing on improvement over perfection. 10% better is all you need.